back on site for the NBA draft. It's Mr. T and Ray Ratto live from Warriors headquarters on KNBR, the sports leader. Ray Ratto, Tom Pulver, back at the Warriors practice facility, getting ready for the 2013 NBA draft. Pleasure, as always, to be welcomed by the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He joins us courtesy of the Ring Central guest line. Which Bob Myers did as well. I just forgot to mention that. I thought I would do it now. Mark Jackson. Jack, what's going on? Everything's great. Thanks for having me again. So what are you doing here? Uh, just <laughs> hanging out. Just hanging out. You never <laughs> know what like you'll us? stumble into. You know? You're here for the food later on? <laughs> they told me you know, you, you guys were going to be here, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to join you. I thought that would be an excuse to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's a contradiction in terms here. <laughs> there's no bonus in that. <laughs> That's what happens when you go 23 and 43. <laughs> So you've had a chance to kind of reflect now on the season and see the finals and Spurs make it there. As a whole, you know, just give me your reflections on the season and maybe some of the players. I mean, Harrison Barnes' playoff run was spectacular. Uh, Steph Curry and his ability to kind of gut through the ankle. and Just the season you had and making it to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, what, what do you think about when you think of the season overall? Well, as a whole, very pleased at the growth of this basketball team. Um, uh, the way that they grabbed hold of you know this area, I uh, thought a tremendous season, something to build on. Um, uh, you look individually and collectively, you've got to be extremely proud. And I know you look and you say, well, you didn't win a championship, but at the end of the day, we lost to a very good basketball team, and this is a process in this league of getting to where you want to get to. So uh, very proud of the guys, and, and you've you got to feel fulfilled when you talk about the type of season that we had individually and collectively who exactly complained that you didn't win a championship based on the year you guys had no i just think oh. I, I just think naturally you know when you think about it there are people that say would say uh it's championship or bust or uh, everybody that did not win a championship should feel you know unfulfilled and that's not the case when you play professional sports um the reality is some teams start off and reality isn't winning a championship. You know, success to some teams would be 500. You know, if you said to us we'd be 500 to start the season, there's a lot of people that would say that that'd be awesome. Ought to be, you know, the AFC, that'd be awesome. We uh, exceeded expectations and the credit goes to, you know, my players. But now the challenge is to, to build on it because at the end of the day, there are teams that did not make the playoffs that's making moves today. There are teams that did make the playoffs that's getting better, and we can't sit on the lead. It's important for us to continue to build. What are some of the things you would like to see your players work on individually during the offseason to, I don't want to say bring a new look, but just some of the younger players work on I'll give you an example. Like I said yesterday, I thought Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, needed to work on their playmaking ability. Instead of just scoring, get to the paint and make plays for other guys, are there other things you'd like to see certain guys get better at and work on their games? Well, clearly those two guys, that, that's the next step for yeah. them. And, um, you know, you, you look at it and you, you think about it, that's not who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they certainly have gotten better, you know, Clay in two years and Harrison in one year. Um, they're here every day. You know, Clay has been on the road in China and all of that, but these are guys that – you know, work extremely hard. So our young guys are here every day. Our veteran guys are home or wherever they may be right now. But we have, you know, hands on them, paying attention to what they're doing. Uh, the plans are to be in to be in Vegas, and then also 
make sure like Vegas, did baby. Last year. There you <laughs> like, go. You might run into me. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, <laughs> There's like, a horrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. But like they did last year, make sure they come in early, and then we're able to get a jump on people. But uh, to continue to get better, and to, to each guy, that's something different. But uh, we certainly need uh, playmaking ability by our perimeter guys, you know, not just shooting the basketball, but more importantly, uh, when they run you off the line, creating offense for yourself and for others. Yesterday, uh, Tom and I were talking about um, how most athletes and coaches both tend to suffer with the losses more than they enjoy the wins. And to hear you talk today, and as you've talked in the past, you seemed, with this team at least, to do it the other way which was to celebrate the wins more than fret over the losses. Is that something that you felt this team needed, or is that your natural state, is that you tend to dwell on the good times rather than the bad? No, I think uh, I know how tough it is to win. Um, And I know, you know, I knew the reality of this basketball team coming in. We had, you know, three rookies starting, uh, uh, you know, initially. Uh, we had a guy like Clay that was, you know, really a rookie playing 66 games last year, um, and I and I knew it was it was tough. We had guys that experienced no success, and then we had star players that were hurt, was hurt, or uh, coming back from injury. Um, so I thought it was important for us to realize it's a process, and we had to celebrate the process. And this was a team that needed to you instill confidence in them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm also a guy that's I'm not going to lose sleep. Uh, I'm not going to beat myself up, lose my hair, get gray hair, and uh, that's not going to happen. I understand why we win. I understand why we lose, and we'll continue to get better. I'm going to stay true to the process, and we talked about that. And I think what happens is the team begins to you know, take on the same mentality. We're not going to accept losing, but we know we're not going to be undefeated. We used to celebrate our wins with the Clippers. I used to let him beat me in Madden. It happened like 22 times that year, I think, didn't it? <laughs> you mean 22 wins? Yeah, 22 wins. Well, you had 22 wins against me in Madden, and we had 22 uh, wins in a year. I, That's I how we, we had, celebrated. We did have 22 wins, but I dominated it in dominated. Madden. We spent like long nights just hanging out with me beating them in Madden. Destroyed. You got destroyed. <laughs> this game, is bordering on the creepy. Game plan was <laughs> easily accessible. I can remember having to go to like buy new joysticks because he would just slam them down, step on them, you know, toss them across the room. Like, come on, man, don't get frustrated. In celebration, I'd be like spiking them. <laughs> Touchdown! Oh, don't look at me like what, that, what, right? What, what, what happened to this show? <laughs> All right, let's get back. You know, on. this is what happens when you don't have a draft choice. You wander off very easily. <laughs> no, well, that's I, not true. This is just Tom <laughs> told me. I can do that very easily on my own, thank you. Hey, how important is... For this team next year, Andrew Bogut to come back healthy because we saw what he did when he was able to move during the playoffs and he was right. I mean, he had some monster games. And even games where he didn't have numbers, he affected the post play because you didn't have to help. He affected shots that he didn't block. I mean, he was just somebody in there that could do things that really – I mean, and Festus had a nice year too, but he didn't do the things that uh, Bogut does because Bogut's a little nastier and he's a veteran. Uh, how much in with Festus's injury too early on? How important is he going to be able to, to to play those minutes for you, thirty minutes a game? Well, very important. Uh, you, you see, we 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 are a much better basketball team with a healthy Andrew Bogut, and I think this off season is huge for him to relax his body, to recover, to make sure he comes back um, locked and loaded, ready to play. 
and at full strength. When he's at full strength, we're a different basketball team. We need him. Uh, he gives us a presence on the block. Defensively, dominates the paint area, protects the paint, rebounds the basketball, uh, great screen setter. So, so we need him back healthy, and uh, we look forward to him being ready from day one next year. On a day like this when you guys have no picks and seemingly have either no interest or wherewithal to get one, does the draft hold interest to you at all, or is it just sort of noise? I'll be quite honest, it's different than last year uh, because we were engaged. We had a bunch of workouts. We, we watched players. We had our eyes on players. We had a game plan and a strategy. We still have that this year, but we're on the outside looking in. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's exciting, and the reason why is because at any moment, you can get something that's attractive, and you've got to be ready. Uh, we have prepared ourselves, and we're ready for anything. That means if we got the number one pick or the number 30 pick or the number you know, 60 pick, we have guys, and we've done our work, and, and that's, that's how you become you know, an elite organization. So I got a lot of confidence in, in um, this ownership group and this management group, and uh, we're, we're prepared. Talking to the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Mark Jackson, nice enough to join us. We are down here at the Warriors practice facility getting ready for the 2013 NBA draft. What are your expectations in terms of Carl Landry and Jared Jack wearing a Golden State Warrior uniform next year? You know, well, Carl, you know, opted out, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. it was a tough decision for him. Uh, He was a great player for us, a great teammate, um, fulfilled an, an awesome role and was key to our success. Um, I'm not management or ownership. I'm just a coach. But there's a small percentage that says he could come back. Uh, opting out makes it tougher. Yeah. Uh, but we love him, and we, we, I'm sure we'd love to have him back under the right terms. With Jared Jack, he was great for us, great in the locker room, great on the floor. And um, we certainly value what he brought to the table. And I'm sure he wants to be back, but this is a business. So if somebody blew him away or made it tough, He's got to take care of himself. We want him back, and we want to do what it takes to bring him back because we value what he's done for this basketball team. Let me ask you to go back to Game 6, and I'm sure you watched Game 6 of the finals, Spurs and the Heat. As as an analyst, you're looking at that. When somebody chokes away a game or loses a game, somebody always has to take advantage to win the game. You guys didn't play... Uh, very well the last four minutes of game one against the Spurs, but they went six for six, made two threes, maybe some breakdowns, but they took advantage when they needed to. Just like the Heat, they hit those two threes at the end of the game, but San Antonio missed a couple free throws, didn't get any, uh, let them get a couple offensive rebounds. As an analyst, when you look at that, is it more Miami winning the game or is that more San Antonio losing the game? Combination, and I think it's a great question, but a combination. At the end of the day, the Miami Heat made the plays that they had to make to win that ball game, whether it be loose balls, stops, uh, the extra possession by Bosch getting the rebound, um, you know, the kick out to Ray Allen. Ray Allen's got to get behind the three-point line. He's got to be ready to shoot the basketball. Um, so all the things that Miami did to put themselves in position to win the ball game, and then you look at the things that the San Antonio Spurs did to lose the ball game. That's a tough way to lose as a coach, as a player, as an organization when you're seconds away from winning a championship and then you <clears throat> excuse me miss foul shots you don't foul you don't get rebounds um, it's just disappointing so I think it's a combination of both Spurs didn't make the plays 
and give the Miami Heat credit. They did. I would probably go along with you. I'd probably say 55% Spurs lost, 45%, because I think if the Spurs make the plays, maybe Miami doesn't have the opportunity to make those plays to win. Let me ask you one more question before we let you go. I had a lot of people ask me after game one against the Spurs, do you think that playing uh, Steph Curry as long as Coach Jackson did affected him for the rest of the series? And I said, I can't answer that. Only Steph can answer that. But I, I'm wondering from a coach's standpoint, because every coach I talk to says, yeah, I'd like to play this guy 40 minutes or 38 minutes. I'd like to try to limit his minutes. But then when you're in the heat of the battle and you want to win a basketball game, that's your best way of winning a basketball game. You kind of see the flow of the game. Are you cognizant of that when you're going through it, especially in a playoff game, maybe not so much in a regular season game, although it may apply, is that I'd like to do this. This is like what I have going in. But as the game's going on and you see how players are playing and what's going on, then, hey, this is just a game and I'm trying to win this game the best I know how. I look at the games as individual games. I'm not thinking, well, what about game seven or what about you know game one next round? No, I'm thinking about winning the ball game. And I don't go into a game saying, well, Steph's going to play 30 minutes tonight. I, I look at him. I watch how he's playing. I watch the flow of the game. Um, and then I say, you know, at times I'm going to ask him how is he feeling. At times I'm not going to ask him. I'm going to read his body language, read how he's playing, and then make a decision. I thought he had a great flow. I thought we were playing great basketball, and I thought we needed him on the floor, uh, especially playing against a very good, very talented, very smart basketball team. I knew it was going to be a tough, hard-fought series and it was important for us to win the games we were supposed to win. So uh, I would not change a thing as far as how long I played them. Jack, always appreciate joining us. It's going to be a spectacular, I can just tell. I mean, look at this place. It's bumping. We're going to get the club music in here. It's going to be a party. I will surprise people and let them know to take away that, you know, them trying to figure out what's going to take place. We have our eyes on you at the 61st pick. Really? Yeah. We third re- round? We really do. <laughs> I'm a perfect third round selection. <laughs> Meyer hinted you guys might do a uh, Curry to Detroit for the 56. Uh, that's not uh, <laughs> some some Curry goat. That's about it. <laughs> well, I may be the 61st pick until that food comes. I'm going to slide on down, baby. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Jack, thanks, man. Always good talking to you. Head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Mark Jackson.